Good morning, and welcome to the sanctuary of Cornerstone Assemblies of God. I am Pastor Richard T. Wade, and I would like to say thank you for joining us today. I pray the Word of God can speak to you, and the Holy Spirit make it real to you. Now, a pre-recorded message from Cornerstone Assemblies of God. Praise the Lord. Well, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, I'm going to preach to you a little while this morning from verses 1 through 7. And we will see here the king is coming. I want to tell you this morning the king has already come. The king is here and the king is still yet to come. When he came in the beginning, he came with grace and mercy. He brought us his word to lead God and direct us, to reconcile us unto the Father. He now is within us, He, the Holy Spirit, lead, guiding, and directing us, convicting us when we step outside of the will of God and giving us nudges and wisdom of the will of God, giving us wisdom and knowledge beyond our natural abilities and encouraging our heart and soul that Jesus will return. When Jesus returns... The day of grace, the day of salvation, it will be over. And the king of judgment, the king of righteousness, the warrior king, conqueror for all of eternity will appear. You better get to know him while he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And don't meet him as the judge who has a sword that can divide even asunder. (laughs) You better get to know him. While he's a friend. Because when you face him as the judge, it will be a different day. And I wouldn't want to stand there outside of the blood of Jesus. Glory, the king is coming. Praise the Lord. Well, I've just got something all working up on the inside of my spirit here, y'all. Y'all going to have to just give me a minute. This is typically when I was at home by myself and this would have worked up. I'd have done had a shouting match. I'd have done run up and down the hallway a few times and come back and sing it again. <laughs> but I'm not going to go completely brother swaggered on you and just keep singing it again and again and again. I, I-, I love that back when I listened to me. We're going to do it again. Sing it again. <laughs> Verse 2. <laughs> sing it again. I don't know how many agains they did, but they just kept singing it again and again. And that's kind of how I feel in my spirit right now. And I know some of you say, well, then do it. Well, but I'm, I'm trying to be mindful. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 7. Nevertheless, there shall be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he contemptuously treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time... He shall make it glorious by the way of the sea and beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nations and increased the joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest and as men rejoice when they divide the spoils. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the bar of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor as in the days of Midian's defeat for all the sandals of the tramping warriors and all the garnets 
garments, excuse me, rolled in blood, shall be burned as fuel for fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with justice and with righteousness from now until forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, in the entrance of your word sheds light and it makes crooked places straight. Father, today open our eyes that we may see. Help us, God, to be doers of your word. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I appreciate y'all. I didn't even say stand up. I I forgot to tell you. Y'all did it anyhow. Boy, Heidi, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Hallelujah. I'm not going to tell you who the old dog is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God love you. I want to walk through this passage here. And look at some wonderful promises that oftentimes I think we overlook because we go straight into verse 6 around this time of the year. And before unto us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. And if that don't make you glad, you're getting gladders broke. That's something to shout about. But there's some things I want to point out to you in the verses preceding verse 6. I, I want to look in verses 4 and 5 for a little bit this morning. And, and just asking you if you remember or do you know. Or maybe you're hearing it for the first time. And if you are, I want to tell you about some things that are offered unto us when we're in right relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the King is coming. And we need to be ready for the king when he returns. As I've already made mention of, it'd be better to meet him now when he says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother than when he splits that eastern sky and he returns as righteous judge who from his mouth ventures a sword, which is the word of God, that I believe will divide asunder. Scripture goes on to tell us during the battle of Armageddon that The Jezreel Valley, the Valley of Armageddon, it will run horse bridle deep in blood. 17 miles wide and 140 miles long is the Valley of Jezreel. To run horse bridle deep in blood is a lot of carnage. And I don't want to be around when that voice goes forth to partake in the carnage that fills the valley of Jezreel. I want to meet him now, while today is still today, and this is the day of salvation, that when he returns, I being dressed in robes of righteousness, may return with him as the righteous judge renders what is coming due to the falling earth. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory. Nevertheless, there shall be no more gloom for her who was in anguish, I want to pause just right there. Listen, I I know here Isaiah, he is prophesying to the Israel people. 
people of Judah, people of Jerusalem. He's in the city of Jerusalem during this time in which he is giving this prophecy. And, and yes, he is speaking to them, but this transcends for us too. I want you to know that because of Jesus has already come, that no matter the anguish you may find yourself in, very much as the tongue and interpretation has declared unto us today, Jesus is the only answer. And no matter the battle you're going through, he is the only answer. Are you seeking him? Are you coming to him? He will bring you peace. He is the source of your healing. So I don't know what anguish you may be going through. I don't know what kind of gloom might be hanging over your current situation. But I'm telling you, because the king has come, you have been set free. I'm going to stress the time tense of several words today. Because there are still some things to come. But we also need to understand what has already been paid for. What's already available for us to walk in as we walk by faith. And then before I say anything else, I want to remind you of this. Here we're reading a passage where Isaiah prophesies of the coming of the Messiah. This prophecy came 700 years before Jesus was born on this earth. Why are you telling me that? I want to tell you this, and I believe this is the Lord today. This isn't just a preacher preaching good. I feel this in my spirit. I don't care how long it's been since the promise was given. You hold on to it with every ounce of faith you have until you breathe your last breath. While you may not see it on this earth, if he has promised it, if it has been released, his word does not return void. He will do it. He is faithful. So do not allow the fear and the doubt of the enemy to steal your promise. I don't care if people say you're crazy. I don't care if people say, look, I get it, but just forget it. <laughs> no, you say forget you. <laughs> and you just keep on believing. You hold on to what's God given you. And who am I to tell you what God's given you? As long as it lines up with the word of God, I'll stand in agreement with you. And we'll believe. Until either Jesus does it or he calls us home. But I'm going to trust him that he'll see it to come to pass. Because imagine somebody like Isaiah standing in the streets of Jerusalem and declaring, Thus saith the Lord God. He was a prophet um, for at least some 50 years in Judah. Uh, tradition has it, and I believe it's accurate. That Isaiah was sawed in half is the martyrdom death that he suffered. The way that would have worked, I'm going to paint you a gruesome picture. They would have hung him upside down with his feet in stirrups and spread apart. And they would have started right there with a bandsaw. And would have just gone all the way down until he was cut in half. Why in the world are you telling us that preacher? Build us up. It's Christmas. Ho, 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 or whatever, you know. Well, here's the thing. We need to understand 
That sometimes the promises of God, sometimes the anointing of God, sometimes the will of God and the way things play out in this natural world doesn't always make sense to our natural mind. But he is God and king and he will receive the glory and in the span of all eternity he'll work it out. We think just because we die and get planted in the ground that God's plan for us is over. Don't you realize we're eternal beings? This body may return to the dust in which God made it, but my soul shall rejoice forevermore in his presence and at his return. I shall meet him in the air and receive my glorified body to walk in the new heaven and the new earth with God Almighty eating from the tree of life along the river of life and glorify God for all of eternity. Look, this thing ain't over just when we get planted in the ground. I'm telling you, even if it takes 700 years God is faithful I know that I know that I know Isaiah might have been sown in half but he was still trusting that every word God had given him was true and some 700 years later in some way I can't understand I just have a knowing in my knower that God made it known that I am faithful and that in which you prophesied and that in which you died for has come to pass And unto them a son was born, and his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and the very Prince of Peace. So this morning I need you to understand, no matter the gloom, no matter the anguish, Jesus has made a way that we shall be and have been set free. That victory (laughs) is ours. And while we might be in the land of Egypt and we may be under the heavy taskmaster of the Pharaoh, there's coming a day when the water will split. You'll walk through. You'll land on victory side. And those Egyptians you shall see. I love how the King James says it. No more forever. I like that. I'm as good with no more and I'm good with forever. But no more forever is even the better. Huh? So today I want to tell you the king is coming and I want to encourage you that you've got something to shout about. you got something to be happy for. God is good. Well, I am a holiness preacher. Well, I do remind you to be righteous. Uh, But that's what the word of God tells us to do is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And until we get those things under control, why worry about anything else? I kind of like checklist too. Mary's rubbing off on me. The checklist is seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. Well, I don't quietly flow in the authority of God and I'm not fully righteous. Well, I guess you need to keep working on them too before you try to run on to number three. Huh? Do I love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, and soul? Do I love my neighbor as myself? Well, I'm not real good at it. Well, then don't go no further. <laughs> let's, let's get that in order. Because the beautiful promise is in Matthew 6.33. I know I ain't give y'all none of these scriptures. I'm flowing right now. It's in Matthew 6.33. It tells us that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these other things will be added unto us. We get so caught up on the other things. Get back on the main things. Well, let me carry on here. So doom and anguish, gloom, it, it, it's all there, yes. But you've been set free from it. Because in the latter time, he shall make it glorious. Verse 
one here still going on. And it says, and by the way of the sea and beyond the Jordan, in the Galilee of nations. I love here that God knows what his plan is. 700 years, there wasn't just told of a virgin conception. 700 years, it wasn't just told of what his character would be through his names. 700 years, even told in which very region of land on the face of the earth he would come from. Because he come from Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth is in the valley of the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. 700 years prior. I could get into all that. Seven is the number of completion. There was no accident in the time it was God. He knows all things, and he completed this prophecy just when it needed to be. 700, a complete number times 10, which was the largest number in the Greek thing. And when you look in the Aramaic and you see 100, it is the fullness and eternity. So can complete eternity. The prophecy was given, and the prophecy was fulfilled that put all things right for all of eternity. Glory to God. Hey, God's good. None of this is by accident. This isn't just some flippant thing that just, I've heard it said, we're not living by the turn up philosophy, you know, just whatever turns up, turns up. No, God has a plan. He has an order. Verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. Glory. Look, we might be in the valley of the shadow of death. It might seem doom and gloom. It might look like you're in a dark place right now, but I'm telling you the king has come and the king is here and the king is still yet to come and his light has shone forth. I got to do a little bit of teaching here for just a second. John 15 and verse 19 in the second half of that verse, Jesus says, but you are not of this world since I've chose you out of this world the world therefore hates you so church don't be surprised when the world don't like us it's how it's supposed to be you ought to get nervous when the world likes the church because what that tells me is the church ain't being the church the church is just locked arms with the devil and is playing footsie with some demons we're not of the world Because we've been chosen out of the world. So if I'm not of the world and I've been chosen out of the world and the world's going to hate me, hold on. Philippians 4 and verse 7 says, The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will protect my heart and my mind. How? Through Christ Jesus. But hold on. Ephesians 2 verses 6 and 7 says that he has raised me up. And seated me together with him in heavenly places. Who's the him? In Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the surpassing riches of his grace. In kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So because the king has come. The king is here and the king is still yet to come. I should have had that old hymn ready. The king is coming. Glory. Because he has come and he is still yet to come, we as believers must, must, must understand who we are in, say that again, in Christ Jesus. See, I'm not 
of the world, I'm in Christ Jesus. While I may physically be walking on this earth, spiritually, I am not of this world. I am in Christ Jesus, and I am seated together with him in heavenly places. So this earthly world and the condition therein does not have a bearing on my spiritual position, which is at the right hand of Father in Christ Jesus. When we can get a proper understanding that no matter the water's rising and no matter how hot the fire gets, no matter how bad the storm seems, it might tear up this old physical body and it might cause me a little trouble here on this physical earth. But my spirit is far above. I'm not talking to you about sin. I'm not sitting here talking about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans that Jesus himself hates. Because they said, well, we're spirit and body and our body, you know, we can sin all we want to in our body and it don't hurt our spirit. That's a doctrine of the devil. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about physical conditions. I'm telling you, if your body's sick, Jesus says you're healed. Well, my body feels sick. Well, Jesus said you're healed. I know, but my body feels, but Jesus said you're healed. Not concerned a whole lot about how we feel. Jesus says I'm healed. And so my soul will rejoice while my body might ache. My faith will sow while my pocketbook says woe. <laughs> because... <laughs> because Jesus said so. I'm not telling you to, you know, send in money and we're going to pay off your house. I'm not giving none of that. I'm not getting into that. I'm not talking about that. But I'm telling you, when you feel a nudge in your spirit and God says give it, I don't care what the natural circumstances are. I'm telling you by faith do what the Word of God says. huh? Because the devil ain't going to tell you to give to God. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus come to give life and to give it abundantly. Trust God. Trust God. Say that the third time because you're going to hear it. Trust God. The king is coming. The king is coming. Don't give up on the promise even when you don't see it. Don't give up your worship even when you don't feel it. The king is coming. What condition are you going to be found in when he shows up? I understand that there's gloom and anguish, but he's going to make it glorious. Huh? Glory. I, I just, huh? I, I realize this body gets sick. I realize things happen, but I'm given a promise. Even if this physical body don't act right on this known earth while I'm here, there's coming a day I'm getting a glorified body. Huh? I believe that God can heal this physical body, but even if, I still got a glorious one awaiting me. There's a promise that transcends all of time. It might take 700 years to see the fulfillment of what God's told you. But the fact is, God did it. And he'll do it again. That's right. Glory. The king is coming. Do you believe it? Hmm. You have multiplied the nations and increased the joy. They rejoice before you. According to the joy of harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoils. Nothing like when you have a good find. I, back in 17, Allie's great-grandmother 
passed away and the family inherited this just a bunch of mess mama june had 30 something rental properties several hundreds of acres so I was, well, that sounds nice you don't understand the mess this place was in it hadn't been taken care of in two decades it was a mess but it was really nice to start going through some of those old houses ain't nobody lived in for a decade or two and you start finding the spoils. If you ever come to my house in the master bathroom, there's this really nice clawfoot tub. We were going into one of the houses. My mother-in-law looked in. It was nasty. It was ugly. It stank. There was roaches and mice everywhere. She says, just gut it and throw it all away. I don't even care what's in here. Just throw it away. I said, yes, ma'am. We got to gutting it and throwing it away, gutting it and throwing it away. We got in this bathroom, and there was this old ugly, nasty, rusted tub. Just had more nasty on it than there was actual bathtub. But they had built a big wooden thing around it, and you could tell it was an old bathtub, but oh, it was ugly and it was nasty. And so we start gutting and ripping, and I yank that old nasty wood built in around it, and the angel chorus sang, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. It was a complete 1939 cast iron clawfoot tub, all four feet, perfectly intact, absolutely, I mean, it was rusty. The cast iron had rusted. It was ugly, but I saw it. And they're like, we're going to throw this up. This is going to be heavy. Somebody had a sledgehammer. I said, if you hit that with the sledgehammer, I'm going to hit you with that sledgehammer. <laughs> I don't care if you got to cut a hole in the wall. I don't care what you got to do. You get that thing out. You put it in the back of my truck, and it's going to my house. And we took it home, and I grinded and grinded and wire brushed and grinded and wire brushed and grinded. And got all the rust off. And now it's this pretty thing with all these, you know, it's, a, it's got a black exterior and a brand new white interior. And it's got gold feet. And boy, it's pretty. Cost me $38 worth of paint and grinding wheels from Lowe's. Glory to God. Huh? That's what you call a fine. Why you to be? Because I know how I felt when I found that spoil. And it says here that you shall have a joy and be rejoicing as men when they find their spoil. I know how that feels. Well, that's how every day is with Jesus. Say, well, wait a minute, preacher. Wait a minute, preacher. I've had some bad days. I know you've had bad days in the natural. But you tell me that you honestly called on the name of Jesus and you didn't start feeling better. Huh? You, can, you, can you tell me you've called on the name of Jesus and peace never showed up? Can you tell me that you've called on the name of Jesus and joy didn't somehow find its way in? Oh, now, I'm not saying the situation changed. I'm not telling you that when you got out of the Spirit, you found yourself right back in the same mess that you started praising Him in. I've been there, but I'm saying when He showed up on the scene, peace was there. There still might have been in your mind, I don't see how in the world I'm going to get through this, but right now I'm worshiping God, and I know that He's going to take care of it. And then we get out of that moment, and we start fat, fear and doubt, and oh my gosh. Well, remember what He told you in the time of His presence, that it was well, and He was going to see you through? You hold on to that if it takes 700 years to see it come to fruition. Hold on to it. That way, when all hell seems to be falling in on you, when everything around you seems to be crumbling, yet you're walking with this peace that passes all the... See, if your peace made sense, it don't come from God. It says it'll give you a peace that don't make no sense. That's what passes understanding means. 
And it's that peace that guards your heart and guards your mind. It don't make sense, preacher. I need you to give me some logic here. I can't, I've had that said to me. I just can't logically make sense of this. Stop trying. Stop trying. If Jesus said it, believe it. Yeah, well, you say that, but it's worked out for you. You want to know why it's worked out for me? And I'm just going to be bold enough in the Lord to say it. It's because I didn't quit. I held on. I rode the wave. I didn't. I might not tell you about how bad those waves hurt. I might not tell you about how deep that mire and muck was. I might not tell you how dirty it got. But what I will tell you is if you hold on, victory will show up. Victory will show up with Jesus. There is but one destination, and it is a glorious victory. Sometimes it takes a day or two. Sometimes it takes a year or two. Sometimes it takes 700 years. But I'm telling you, if God said it, you can believe it. Because he is faithful and the king is coming. Glory. Preach myself happy even if you don't get there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, for you have broken, verse 4, the yoke of his burden and the bar of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. Glory to God. I'm telling you, there ain't a yoke the devil can put on you that Jesus can't break. There ain't a... Let me, let me talk, let me teach for a second here. It says the staff of his shoulder in modern English version says the rod of his shoulder. What that is, is that's what's connecting you to the other yoke. So the yoke is the actual thing that is around you, holding you in place. And that rod or that staff of the shoulder, that bar of the shoulder, the rod, that's what's keeping you connected to something. Let me tell you, there ain't an agreement that you've made with the devil that the blood of Jesus can't disarm and redeem you. There may be, that's the reason I, I, I'm not saying that there's no such thing because there is a such thing, but it bothers me when Christians just wallow and wallow and wallow and say stuff like, well, this is just a generational curse. It's something my family's, look, when you got born again. Um, no, Jesus broke some things off. You might not have the realization of your freedom in your mind, but I'm telling you in the spirit, you've been set free. I'm telling you there is no linkage to anything. There is no agreement that you have made in times past that through repentance and the word of God, the blood of Jesus has fully broken that and you are free in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, he didn't just kind of save us. Not just a little bit saved us. That sozo healing is how God works. When he saves your soul, he includes your mind and your body in it. Glory to God. Huh. He's broken the yoke of the burden. He's broken the bar of the shoulders. He's broke the rod of the oppressor. I love this because the enemy will still come up behind you and still try to whip on you and tell you that you can't do what God said you'd do. The enemy will still tell you you're a failure. The enemy will still tell you you went too far. He's a liar and the father of them. And that whip that he's got, that rod of that oppression, it has been dealt with. Romans 
8, 1 and 2 tells us that there is therefore now no condemnation. Huh? No condemnation for those who are alive in, there it is again, in Christ Jesus. Because it was by his stripes that I am healed. It was through his bruising and his beating that my transgressions and iniquities were dealt with. Huh? Because I'm in him. And he is exalted. Therefore, I am exalted. I don't feel exalted. Well, I ain't worried about how you feel. Now, I'm telling you what the Word of God says. It says you're exalted. When I get the mindset that I'm exalted, I'm healed. I am victorious. I shall be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of my testimony. Well, people find it easy to put faith in the blood of the Lamb. But they forget that other part. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and, and the word of our testimony. Thank you, Jesus, that you made a way. And I shall testify that because the blood of Jesus is sufficient, I am set free. I am the redeemed. And the word of God says, let the redeemed say so. I am seated with him in heavenly places, a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Glory that he shall make known the riches of his grace, the surpassing riches of his grace. How in Christ Jesus. Glory. I hope y'all catching it. Praise the Lord. Psalms 46 and verse 1. I didn't give y'all this verse either. Y'all be all right. God is our refuge. He is our strength. And he is our ever-present help in the time of trouble. The modern English version says that he's a well-proven help. And so I had a look in the Hebrew and see where, and well, he's an ever-present or a well-proven, ever which way you want to say it. What it's saying is, what the, what the picture that the word is painting in the Hebrew is that God has been faithful. He is faithful. He will always be faithful. He has said he is your protection, so therefore he is your protection. He says he is your refuge, for therefore he is your refuge. He says he is your strength, so therefore he is your strength. So while you may feel like you're alone you may feel like you are weak you may feel defeated God has said it therefore it is he is an ever-present help glory hallelujah praise the Lord hey glory I'm telling you I'll agree with you on that that's some good preaching huh hallelujah because it ain't me it's the word of God because it's good and it's right and it's true and it's trustworthy the king is coming Mm, the very sandals of the tramping warriors and the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for fire he said that enemy that's been barking at you all these years You're going to beat him naked and use his clothes for fire to stay warm by night. Uh, Glory to God. I'm telling you, victory's ours. Because Jesus said so. Hallelujah. Victory's ours. I wish you'd preach like this more often. Well, if I preach like this all the time, you'd forget to live holy. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. But no, church, we got a promise. We got a promise. The king is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. The king is coming. And he's going to make all things that are doom and gloom, all the agony, all the struggle, all the pain. He's going to make it glorious. Our sick bodies are going to be glorified. Uh, we worry about how we're going to make ends meet here on earth. Then we're going to go up there and walk on gold. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's going to make it right. Don't let the temporary burden of this temporary world rob you of your eternity and the presence and splendor and glory of Almighty God. He is coming and He will make it glorious. But I'm telling you that if you will, by faith, grab hold of that which is to come, He'll give you a taste of it right now. Glory, because if I'm focused more on my heavenly position rather than I am my earthly condition, then my earthly condition can't steal my joy. It can't steal my peace. And when I have the peace of God, my heart and mind is safe. My mind is stayed on the Lord. Glory. I wish I had an organ and somebody that could sing that. Hallelujah. Glory. The reason the Lord has not allowed me to get that Hammond B. I got one back here tucked back in the back room, an organ. And we working on it. We getting some things lined out. But if that B3 shows up in this place, y'all think we have church now. Glory to God if I get a rhythm and a step and something that'll amen me when you won't, y'all ain't no shutting me up. Hallelujah. Because whether you feel it or not, that old Hammond will make me feel it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mm, if you're born again, you're not of this world. I'm going to say it again. If you're born again, you're not of this world. You have been chosen out of it. I understand that that's easier said than done. But you are called out of this world. You got that? You're called out of this world. And the king is coming. And when he comes, the yoke can never hold you again. The clasp of the shoulder will never hold you again. The rod of the oppressor, the lie of the enemy, you shall never hear again. But I'm telling you, in this present age... While you might hear the whisper or feel the whisper of the dark one, the enemy, I'm telling you the voice of the Holy Ghost can still speak louder. I'm telling you still in the presence of God, you might be, this is, blows my mind, this is how you get a peace that doesn't make sense. You can be in the presence of a storm in your physical body, but yet in your spirit, you can be in the presence of God. And if you are in the spirit, then the physical doesn't really have bearing on that which matters. I believe that's exactly what was taking place in the book of Revelation when it says that on the Lord's day, John was in the Spirit. I taught on it Wednesday night, and I won't go there very long, but I will make... You realize, boiled in oil, that body will forever be riddled in pain. I know, I know a guy, I went to high school with a guy, a gas jug blew up and severely burned his whole body, actually the lawsuit that his mother placed is the reason why we hate gas jugs nowadays. Because all the safety mechanisms, they were put in place because Bradley Heiss's mom sued that whole industry because he was being safe and it malfunctioned and it blew up and nearly killed him. That's 20 plus years ago. To this day, he is still covered in disfiguring scars and he still has tender places to this day. Why are you telling us that? Because John was boiled in oil and then was cast 
to the Isle of Patmos to be excommunicated from all people. And yet, he could still be found in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Huh? Because he was able to go on beyond the physical hurt. He was able to go on beyond the physical letdown. He was able to go on the past, the hurt, and the pain. Imagine Paul chained in a cell, ankle deep in human feces and rotten food, but still pull out a parchment and hear the word of God and give us the scriptures. Think about that. Oh, Paul and Silas chained up in the prison again. And ankle-deep feces, rotten food, mice, all that comes with it. And But at midnight, they began to sing hymns. I'm telling you, your physical body may be in some dark and gloomy places, but it is dependent upon where your spirit man is, on how the Lord will respond. I believe why we don't see the sky open. I believe why we don't see the prison doors fall off. I believe why the sick don't stand and run after being lame for 40 years. Why the dead aren't raised. I believe with all of my believing it is because we have not been found in the spirit. But let me wrap up on a high note. The king is coming. The king is coming. Hebrews 13 and 8, we have a promise. Jesus Christ says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3, 6, Jesus reminds us here in the word of God. He says, for I am the Lord and I change not. Glory to God. There is no such thing as the Lord don't do it that way no more. The only thing that's roughly different is there was a law and now there is grace. But it's not that the law was old or obsolete. It is Jesus fulfilled it. And now we walk in a new age of grace. Other than that, a new covenant that was written in his blood. Beyond that, he is the Lord and he changes not. So if God did it then, he'll do it again. Matthew 28 and verse 20, Jesus tells us, I will be with you all the way. I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. We try to wonder if Jesus is going to make it with us through the end of this day. Is he going to make it with us through the end of this week? I hope the Lord can see me through this. I'm telling you, Jesus done told us I'm going to be with you until the very end of this entire thing. And so until it's over, it ain't over. I understand, preacher, no, I'm not giving no room for nays today. Jesus said it. I believe it. Amen? Huh? Matthew 1 and 23, it quotes Isaiah 9 and 6, that a virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. I said uh, 9, 6. That's not right. That's Isaiah 7, 14. <laughs> I get it right here in a second. Mm. That a virgin shall conceive, bear a son, call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel being God with us. I love in Isaiah 7 and 14, it starts out, it says, therefore, the Lord shall give you a sign. It's scriptures like this that make me think, how did the religious leaders not believe? When the father says things as plain as, I'm going to give you a sign. A virgin will give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel. He is God with us. And then here comes the virgin Mary with child 
a multitude of witnesses, an angel unto her, an angel unto Joseph, and then Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. John the Baptist leaps within, knowing that it's Jesus in the womb of Mary. There is a confirmation, and they know that there is the Messiah. Zechariah has a word from the Lord. A star appears. The wise men show up. The wise men have visions. The shepherds see angels. Yet, they don't believe. Here's what I've come to learn, and it's helped me as a preacher. There will be those people you come across in life that no matter how much you preach to them, no, much how, no, no matter how you slice the pie, they just won't eat it. And I have come to the conclusion that it's not worth our time to try to force feed them. Here it is. Eat and be merry or forget you. And just carry on. I don't know if that was the spirit that said that last part. That was probably my flesh. No, the Lord just said... <laughs> Uh, no. uh, but we, we, we always present it. We always present it. And we pray and we believe. But we can't lose our peace and our joy. And we can't set up shop in their pit. We can't camp out on their mountain when God's called us to go over it. When he's declared unto us the mountain will melt like wax. I don't understand why people build a tent on it. I don't want to build a tent on something that God says is going to go away. Well, the problem is they don't believe it's going to go away. They like the way it looks. And they like the attention they get, so they just stay on that mountain. So you better get back over here. Yeah, I better get back over here. The king is coming. The king is coming. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He is our ever-present help. There may be gloom. There may be anguish. There may be shadows of death, and there may be darkness. But I'm telling you, the king is coming. Therefore, light has shone. Worship team, go ahead and come back. We're going to sing Jesus, what a beautiful, whatever that last song was. What's it called? Something about the name. You know that one. Hear me plain, and I'm not keeping you any longer. I understand that the road gets hard and that things happen beyond our comprehension. I understand it. I understand that the pain and the hurt is real. I understand that the frustrations are real. I understand that the discouragements are real. I understand every bit of that. So don't think God doesn't understand that. But the promise of the Lord is this, that while there may be gloom, there may be anguish, there may be darkness, there may even be the shadow of death. The king is coming and he will make all things glorious hallelujah hallelujah whether it be seven days seven months seven years or 700 years he is faithful the king is coming and he will make all things glorious thank you so much again for taking time to listen to a message from the sanctuary of cornerstone assemblies of god we do this through the help of our listeners and friends in the community if you would like to donate to our broadcast, you can go to cornerstoneatlanta.tv and give as the Lord would lead you. But again, I, Pastor Richard Wade of Cornerstone Assemblies of God, just say thank you for taking time, and I pray the Lord make this real to you.
Cause I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom, I speak Jesus, cause your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life, break every stronghold, shine through the shadow.
Jesus. 